We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Alright, if you're in the building, you can rest into your seats in the presence of God. If you're at home, you can... Do whatever you're doing, but rest in the presence of God. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Di. Uh, if you've just walked into the building, a huge welcome. If you've just tuned in to the streams, a big welcome. Uh, we hope that you um, yeah, feel part of our family, uh, even if we're, we're not all together. Uh, but family's not always all together, so um, we, we are still connected, though. Uh, we're going to continue to worship God uh, through through the Word, through the reading of the Word, and Rachel's going to going to bring us or read from us uh, from the Word. It's from Matthew chapter twenty-eight, I believe it's the whole chapter of twenty-eight. Um, so thanks, Rachel. I'll give you this mic. Thank you, Dan. So yes, the reading is Matthew chapter twenty-eight. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. "'Don't be afraid,' he said." I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. As the women were on the way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you don't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of God. Cool. Thank you, Rachel. 
Well, in case you've missed it, uh, Nick is on long service leave. Hopefully, we're all aware of that now. Um, uh, if you need any any pastoral uh, oversight, Elder Steve is the the person. See, obviously, if you're at home, you can't see that I'm pointing to Steve, but he's sitting just there. Uh, uh, so, yes, Steve, Steve is the person to to contact, um, and I'm sure you'll be able to find his number somewhere. It's probably in the in the bulletin. Um, uh, yep, so if you need any partial oversight, Steve's person to see. Uh, but while Nick's away, uh, he's organised a stellar lineup of, uh, of, of preachers for us. And uh, it's my great pleasure to introduce to you our, our, first, uh, our first cab off the ranks today, our first preacher. Uh, so if you'd like to, to come up, Belinda. Um, and your mic. Well, someone's streaming. That was weird. I could hear myself like five minutes ago. <laughs> um, so Belinda has uh, driven two hours uh, from from Wollongong to come and be with us this morning. She's an amazing woman of God, and uh, it's our, our absolute pleasure to have her with us today. And I'm going to invite Carl up to uh, introduce her a bit more, to to ask her some questions about. Uh, who she is and where she's from, and then she's going to uh, bring us a word this morning. So thanks, Carl. You're going to grab your own mic. We've been all COVID safe here and try not to swap mics too often. Um, Cool. So thanks, Carl. Thanks, Belinda. No worries. All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, Belinda, it's it's okay. As long as there's a metre and a half. So so no hugs, unfortunately. Um, So... But Belinda, like we've obviously chatted a little bit this week. So welcome. Thank you for being a part of our family. Uh, we're, we're really oh, stoked. I'm thrilled to be here. I, I honestly am thrilled to be. That was so beautiful. Thank you. No problems at all. So you are from Wollongong. Uh, you've been in Wollongong for a while, but apparently not always. There was a move to get there. Yeah, so I grew up in the country. I grew up in Dubbo. Uh, so that was all my schooling. But when I finished school, there was no university there. So you either got a trade or you left. So I left to go to Wollongong to study and work. My boyfriend, who's now my husband, he finished his trade in Dubbo. He's a boilermaker. Oh, awesome. No worries. So how long ago was it that you moved to Wollongong? Oh, I've been there about 20 years. Just okay. We did have one tiny stint in Queensland. We lived in this small town of about 6,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, just needing to move for work, um, as you do. Um, but most of my adult life has been in Wollongong. Okay, awesome. And so, so obviously you are the evangelism consultant for the New South Wales and ACT. <laughs> for, the, for the Baptist Association. Let's go with that. Yep, um, yep. So how did that come about? That's a funny story. Um, Many people ask me that, and sometimes I wonder, apart from an act of God. So this job was advertised. I was actually living in Queensland when this job was advertised. Um, My husband was facing another redundancy. That kind of happens in his industry. And my kids were now all school-aged. I'd been a stay-at-home mum. And he's like, you know, if you got some work, that would kind of be helpful. Um, And so I started looking for work, and I saw this job, and the spirit just sort of quickened in me and said, that's for you. (laughs) And so this stay-at-home mum in Queensland (laughs) applied for this job, and uh, here I am. That's fantastic. So how long have you been doing that? About four years. Brilliant. Well, look, we, we can't wait to hear all about what you've got to share with us this morning. Uh, I'd just like to pray for you before you yeah. kick off, if that's okay, and then we'll, we'll leave it to you. Uh, so if you can join me in praying for Belinda. 
Lord, we just thank you that, that Belinda can be a part of this family, uh, a part of the wider YCBC family. Uh, and we're so excited to hear what you're going to share with us through her this morning, Lord. And we just ask that you, you give her a peace and a joy about sharing your word and an encouragement for our church. And Lord, we just thank you again that, that we've got such an amazing woman here to, to share from your word this morning and to bless us and encourage us in our walks with you and our works for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'll leave you to it. Thank you. This clicker, do I need to click or? I'm really actually not very good at clicking and speaking. Are you? <laughs> it would be really simple, I think. Thank you so much. Sorry, I've tried before and I've totally forgotten. Um, I guess I'll get better. Okay, so what word would you use to describe 2020? I missed that. What did you say? Eventful. Okay. Yep. Pardon? Goodbye. Can't wait to see it. Gone. Weird. Unique. Chaos. I was thinking about this. Oh, pardon? A break. Yes. And in some ways it has been, hasn't it? Yeah, I was thinking about what word I would choose and I chose the word disruptive. Because I feel like life has been disrupted. <clears throat> you know, school disrupted, work disrupted, church disrupted, borders disrupted, economy disrupted, holidays. I mean, I could go on and on. There's not a part of our lives that hasn't been disrupted. But how are you feeling about all of that? It could be a break. There might be some things where we're thinking, I am so glad I do not need to go to that family reunion. I finally got a way out of it. But then there are other things that could be stressful as we try and figure out how do we cope with all the change? How do we cope with all the new rules? But one thing I'm sure hasn't changed is Jesus's command for us to go and make disciples. But the question for us isn't really, you know, why do we do this? I actually know Pastor Nick has been speaking to you about this. I know that you're a church that is committed to this. The question is, how? I mean, what does it look like for us in modern Australia in the middle of a pandemic to go and make disciples? And so I've started calling the Great Commission Plan A. Because I wanted to remind myself that this is Jesus' plan A, that people go to people with the good news of Jesus. There is no plan B. But if we're plan A, how do we do this? And I've been working on five principles that will help us go and live out the Great Commission. And principles are useful because you can apply them differently depending on your season of life. So the way I was living out this last year is different to the way I'm living out this year. But the principles are still useful, and I trust that you'll find them useful as well. I've called the five principles growing, knowing, sowing, rowing, and showing up. All right, I'm going to test you on that, so see if you can pay attention. But I will explain what those principles are as we go along. So the first principle I've called growing, as in growing as a disciple of Jesus, because it's disciples who make disciples. So our own relationship with Jesus is central to everything that follows. 
And it makes sense because if you think about a fruit tree and you want the fruit tree to have healthy fruit, what is it that you take care of? Do you water the fruit? No, you water the tree. You want the tree to be nourished. And what nourishes us is the gospel. And so I think it's worth asking right at the top, well, what is the gospel? And I actually love asking that question of Matthew chapter 28, because I think in Matthew 28, we have the gospel in a really profound way. We have it on the lips of the risen Jesus who comes to his disciples and says to them in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is the risen king. This is the gospel. This is the news that Christians believe has changed the world. The gospel's not a philosophy. It's not advice. It's not a bunch of rules you need to follow in order to get to heaven. The gospel is news about Jesus. Jesus coming in fulfillment of Old Testament scripture. Jesus living by loving God and loving neighbor. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus raising from the dead. Jesus ruling over everything and Jesus returning with his kingdom. The gospel is all about Jesus the risen king. And maybe one of the things that's been disrupted for you this year is your view of Jesus. Because when life is comfortable, when life is predictable, it's easy to sort of forget what it means for Jesus to be the risen king. We can kind of have this sense of, oh, I'm doing okay, I'm calling the shots. Jesus is there helping me out, waiting for me to tell him what to do. And if your view of Jesus has become that he's kind of a Santa or a genie who's just waiting for you to tell him what you need, then I'm actually glad that that's being disrupted. Because that's not the Jesus we worship. The Jesus we worship is the one who has all power and authority. He's the one on the throne, even in a year like this, where it's difficult to understand what's going on. And maybe you have doubts. And I want to say it's okay to have doubts, to not understand everything that's going on. There's this little bit here in verse 17. We see the disciples worshipping Jesus with doubts. They have questions they do not have answers to. Their world has been disrupted for them, it was only days ago they saw Jesus crucified by Romans and now they're here with him, worshipping him. They don't still entirely understand what's going on, but they're there where Jesus told them to be. And there's this beautiful little detail that's often overlooked because there's just so much in this passage, but it's in verse 18, then Jesus came to them. That's the kind of king we worship, the kind of king who comes to us, who sees us without doubts and reassures us with his presence. I want you to know that if you have shown up or if you're watching on the live stream, your worship and your doubts are welcome with Jesus. You don't need to hide them. Jesus will come to you. Keep growing, keep pressing into what it means to be with Jesus. 
And for some of you, that may actually be the word for you this morning. You may just need that encouragement that Jesus sees you with your doubts, but he loves you and he is with you. But one of the ways we need to keep growing is by learning what it means to go and make disciples. So I'm going to go, I'm going to press on with these other principles that will help us learn how to make disciples. I've called the second principle knowing, as in knowing others, being relational. Because when we look at the way Jesus made disciples, we're supposed to be able to learn from it. We're supposed to be able to copy what he did. And we see that Jesus was relational, especially with the 12. When he called the 12, he didn't say, hey, I've got some inside information that you're going to find useful on Judgment Day. He didn't just sort of sketch out some stuff in the sand saying, here's everything you need to know about the kingdom of God. I'll catch you later. He called them into relationship with himself. Follow me. He was willing to invest three years in relationship with these guys. Can you imagine all the hours they had just walking on dusty roads, talking about what they'd just seen, wondering about what's up ahead? They got to see firsthand how Jesus treated children and women and outcasts and religious rulers and Gentiles. They were there when Jesus raised people from the dead. And they were there when the rich young ruler turned around and walked away from Jesus because he loved God, uh, loved money more than he loved God. They got to learn what the kingdom of God is like through their relationship with Jesus. So as disciple makers, we need to learn to value relationship. It's still true in Australia that when most people decide to put their trust in Jesus, it's because they first trust a Christian. There is a Christian in their life that they know and trust, a Christian that they can depend on, a Christian who has been loving them through the highs and lows of life. So we need to come shoulder to shoulder with people. Now, you might be wondering, well, what does this look like when it's actually illegal to meet with people? <laughs> that, was, that was my question in, uh, was it March, whenever that happened? Because all the things that I was doing last year, I could no longer do. My advice to you is to think little. What are the little daily kind acts you can do for the people around you? So as this pandemic went on, I thought I'm coping okay. You know, uh, my mental health is okay. My kids are okay. And I began to think, well, how can I reach out and love my neighbors? And I noticed that my neighbors were walking around the block with their children or grandchildren. And so I thought, I'm going to go out the front and I'm just going to start chalking obstacle courses, just hopscotches and different pictures, things that they could play with each day. And as I'm out the front, I'm meeting my neighbors. I'm hearing their names. I'm hearing their stories. I'm asking them, how are you going? And I had a whole bunch of grandparents thank me that their grandchildren had at least one thing each day to look forward to. That was just my way. I know that that's not amazing or big, but sometimes maybe in a pandemic, we just need to think, what's the little things I can do? You know, we can always call people. That's never been illegal. Ask people how they are. Send people messages saying, I'm praying for you. How are you? Restrictions have lifted so we can actually have cups of tea with people. We can invite someone around for a meal. 
And this is what changed again, you know, restrictions lifted and no one is walking around the block anymore. So I thought, what do I do now? So I've started inviting my neighbors over for cups of teas. Just find a way to love people, to come alongside them so that they can see in you the difference Jesus makes. And then pray for opportunities to introduce them to Jesus because we really do want people to meet Jesus. Which brings me to the next principle, which I've called sowing. Sowing seeds about Jesus in conversation. Because people do actually need to hear about Jesus in order to put their trust in him. Because as much as we love people, you just can't guess that Jesus raised from the dead. That kind of news has to actually be heard and explained. So how is it we can speak about Jesus? Well, I used to think this was just a formula I had to follow. But now I look at the way Jesus did ministry and I think, wow, he did so many different things. Sometimes he told stories. He asked questions. You know, he even acted things out, cursing a fig tree, washing disciples' feet. Sometimes he took scripture and explained it. I mean, he did preach to crowds, but he seemed to prefer just gathering in a few. And have you ever noticed that Jesus didn't force himself on people? If people weren't interested, if they wanted to walk away, Jesus let them. But if people wanted to draw near and hear more, then Jesus was willing to invest in them and teach them the secrets of the kingdom. And I think this frees us up to use a variety of ways to speak about Jesus. And I've chosen the picture of sowing seeds because seeds are small and they're scattered. And in our everyday conversations, that's going to look like our opportunities. It's just going to be something here and there, small in conversation. You cannot tell your neighbor every day something about Jesus. That would, it's just awkward, okay? But when there's an opportunity to say something, take that opportunity, When I was out the front talking, there was one particular lady who I'd spoken to a few times and I was listening, you know, just asking her about herself. And eventually she asked me, oh, what else I do during my week? And I thought, oh, here's my opportunity to sow a seed. And so I let her know that I go to online church. And I may as well have not said anything (laughs) because she just kept talking like I hadn't even mentioned church. But I had to say to myself, this is okay. It's not my job to make her interested. But I want to let her know that I'm out here talking because it's part of my faith. It's part of the way I express the love of Jesus to my community. But as it turns out, she came back. She came back one hour later because she wanted to talk with me about her faith journey, about her experience in church. And so I listened some more. It's not normal that someone would come back an hour later, I must say. But that's the principle. We're sowing seeds. We're letting people know what our life is like. We're sharing Jesus when and where we can. And we're waiting and praying for opportunities to go deeper with people. Now, so there's... What have we covered? 
sowing. Right. Now, they're the ones we normally talk about in personal evangelism, the ways that we can shine for Jesus in our lives. But I love this next principle, and I wish it was covered more often. I've called it rowing, and by that I mean rowing together, because we're actually in partnership with one another. When we look here at the language of the Great Commission, when Jesus says, and surely I am with you always, We have to like to personalize it, like, oh, Jesus is with me. And that is true. Jesus is with you. But the you is plural. He's saying to the group, I am with you, my community of believers, as you go and make disciples. He's trained them as a group and he's sending them as a group. We do this together in partnership, one another. And I've chosen the idea of rowing. So let's say we're in a boat. What we need to be doing is rowing in the same direction. We need to be in agreement that one of our purposes here in Yas is to go and make disciples. That as a community of believers, we're going to invest our gifts, our talents, our time and resources to helping the people out there know that Jesus is the risen King. And one of the reasons I love this is because I truly believe that every believer can be involved in this. I understand that there are reasons why some people find relationships hard. And I understand that some people feel like that they can never say anything. But I am convinced that every believer can contribute to a partnership that spreads the gospel. Every one of you has been gifted and called for this purpose. So think about your gifts, your passions, what this local church is doing, maybe what other churches are doing in a way that you can join in. In my local church, I'm rarely up the front, but I do things like clean toilets and cook food and visit people because I understand that all of those things contribute to people hearing about Jesus. So I want you to know that your gifts are valued and precious and that we appreciate them. God has deliberately made us different. And right now, you are actually doing this right now. The fact that this church exists and that you are here says to the community of Yas that there is something about Jesus you are witnessing right now just by your gathering together. So keep going with that. I know this season has made that difficult, but thank you for continuing to treasure this community. So there's rowing. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that now that we have a plan and some principles, that this will actually just be easy. Because the one thing Jesus never promised was that this would be easy. And I say this not as someone who just shows up to places with a microphone and says, hey, you should go do this, but I'm trying to live it out. So I know firsthand that this is hard. And so I wanted to make space to ask, how can we keep showing up for Jesus when we face discouragement or disappointment? Maybe when we're insulted or slandered. And maybe you face this kind of discouragement. Maybe you've sort of felt, why why do we do this? It doesn't seem to be working. What I want to do is I want to come back and look at the context of the Great Commission. 
Often we read Matthew 28 in two chunks. We sort of read about Jesus rising from the dead at Easter and then we save the Great Commission for another totally separate time. But they're actually together and let's have a look at what we can learn from that. So chapter 28, it starts with women expecting to find a dead body, seeing the risen Jesus. So the first witnesses to the resurrection are women. And this is important because women weren't reliable witnesses. They were unbelievable. They were not allowed to testify in a court of law. So the first witnesses to the resurrection, well, they're unbelievable. Who is believable? The guards, the chief priests and the elders. What do they do? They lie. These days we might call this fake news. They start spreading fake news amongst the community. They slander the disciples. Don't trust the disciples. They're out to deceive you. There's no resurrection. They've stolen the body. So you've got your religious leaders conspiring with the governing authorities to shut the movement down. And then we get to the Great Commission, the 11 disciples. 11. I mean... That reminds us there's supposed to be 12. And then we know that this lot, well, they've got doubts. But it's this scenario that Jesus enters. Unbelievable witnesses, no favor with the government, a small group of doubting believers that Jesus steps in and says, listen up, here's the plan. You go and make disciples. The plan never depended on their circumstances, did it? The plan never depended on them having everything together. The plan depends on them, depending on Jesus. You know, if things out there were perfect for us to go and make disciples, we probably wouldn't need to go because Jesus would have returned. But things out there are complicated and broken and difficult. And that is the reason that we go into our community, the reason that we go to our families and neighbors for the news of Jesus. Because Jesus has all power and authority. And Jesus is with us all the days, even this day. And we take Jesus with us into our communities. So we pray and we pray and we pray and we go. We look for where the Holy Spirit is working Church, are you willing to say, yes, Jesus, send me? Yes, Jesus, use me. Or even better, yes, Jesus, use us. We want to be part of this great commission. We want to see people gathering and worshipping you, even if it is with our doubts. One of those ways we can do that is by following this plan, by continuing to press into our relationship with Jesus, by loving our neighbor, by knowing others, by sowing seeds in conversation, by valuing this partnership that we have right here, and by continuing to pray and trust that Jesus is working. Plan A depends on us depending on Jesus. I'm going to pray for you now ask that God will use us and equip us to do this. 
But I'm going to pray specifically that the Spirit will speak to you about one of these principles, that there's a person that you can reach out to in love, that there's a conversation that will happen in your week, that we will see Jesus working. Join me in prayer, church. Oh Lord, what a mystery that you would want to use us. You could have chosen donkeys or stones or angels and you chose us. Lord, help us not to be burdened by this, but to see that it's a privilege to carry the name of Jesus wherever we go. And Lord, I ask that we would carry it in such a way that people can see you and your goodness. Lord, I pray for growth in our relationships with you. Each of us has a different season of life and a different way we need to grow. And I pray that right now you would speak to each person who's listening to this message with what it is that you want to say to them about their relationship with you. Speak comfort and grace and truth and mercy into their lives and show them how they can keep growing more like Jesus, how they can nourish their relationship with you. Lord, I pray for our relationships with our neighbours. Speak to us about who it is that we can come alongside, who we can listen to, who we can serve. Lord, help us to be lovers of people like you were. Help us to spend years getting to know people and not being rushed into that or feeling forced into that. Lord, I pray for conversations. I pray for seeds to be sown. And I pray for people to be interested so that conversation can continue and grow and go deeper. Lord, we know you. All we need to do is speak of what we know about you. There's no pressure on us, but I pray that people would ask us so we can have these conversations and introduce people to you. Lord, I pray for unity. I pray for agreement that the church is here to make Jesus known that we would be rowing together. And if anyone's ever felt discouraged or felt on the outer or like their gifts didn't fit, I just ask that you would take that from them and you would show them how they are part of your body of believers and how precious and valued they are. And Lord, finally help us to keep showing up. Give us that cup of courage. Lord, I pray that we would be people who pray that our morning prayers would be filled with prayers for our neighbours and workmates and sportsmates and relatives and you would answer those prayers, that your Holy Spirit would be working and that we would just join in with what you are doing. Lord, bless this church and may they bear much fruit as they follow this plan. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks so much. You can can just stand there for another 30 seconds. Um, yeah, thank you for, for bringing us that, uh, I guess, challenging but also very tangible word and, um, and uh, principles that we can, we can follow. Um, thank you for, for showing up. Thank you for, for rowing with us. Thank you for sowing those seeds. Thank you for, for knowing us. And thank you for growing in your, in your own You're good. You're good. I was listening. Yeah, no, thanks so much. Thanks for, for taking the trip to, to be here with us and, um, yeah, just really, really sharing the word. So, um, yeah, it's been such a, a huge blessing. Um, yeah, so, no, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Actually, if I could just slip in one thing. Yeah, um, I've made workbooks that kind of explore Beautiful. these principles further. And so it's just a, a daily devotion. You don't need to do it daily. I don't put pressure on anyone to do anything. Whatever you're capable of, 
Um, but it's just a reflection on each of these principles and how you might be able to live it out. So uh, you can just grab yep. one from me. Uh, so, yeah, well, have you got how many copies you got? I probably have enough for people here, and I can also email a soft sure, copy. Perfect, yeah. Yep. So, we'll, um, uh, I guess, contact Steve if you do want a, a soft copy of that. If you're at home and you want a soft copy, if you can contact Steve, and we'll make sure uh, he can, can get that to you. Uh, or email secretary, secretary at Yes Baptist. Yes, what are we? YCB.org.au. Um, and we can get you a copy of that. So, yeah, thanks so much. And uh, let's continue to, to worship our amazing God. And, um, yep, see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.